welcome to the Mind of Matter podcast. I am your host, Lucy Watts. So for today's episode, I am posing the question, when does my mental illness stop and when do I start? So this question admittedly sounds like a lot and I want to give you guys a little bit of background into how I actually got here. So in the first episode of this podcast, I was very open about my own experience with mental illness, um, specifically with anxiety and depression. Um, And I also discussed that I'm studying psychology and am very interested in mental illness and like the functioning of the human brain. (laughs) And this question of when does my mental illness stop and when do I start is something that I've kind of always grappled with within myself. And as I said on my first episode, my passion for mental health is one of the big reasons why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place. So it feels a bit like kind of returning to my roots a bit. And I've had this idea um, floating around for a while of doing an episode exploring how when you live with a mental illness, how do you determine what parts of yourself are inherently you and your personality and how do you determine what parts of yourself are a product of your mental illness and the struggles that you face so admittedly this episode is going to be like a little bit less structured and probably a little bit more kind of monologue-y than some of my previous episodes and I think for some of you listening along this just like won't be relatable at all and then for some of you this might hit kind of really close to home And I should probably do a little bit of a trigger warning here that I am going to be discussing issues around anxiety and depression and that this may bring up some things for some people. So one thing that kind of really got me thinking about this is there was an episode on the Shameless podcast. Um, So for those of you who don't know, the Shameless podcast has two hosts, Zara McDonald and Michelle Andrews. Okay, admittedly, I am a big Shameless fan and I spent a pretty decent chunk of my lockdown that I experienced as a Victorian just like going back and listening to like all their old episodes. And Michelle Andrews, who is one of the hosts, is incredibly open on the podcast about her experience living with a generalized anxiety disorder. And so on the podcast, they do what they call like an in-conversation episode every Thursday where they interview somebody who's famous or influential in some way. Um, And kind of like the topic of like mental illness does come up quite regularly, but they did like two episodes where they both interviewed each other. And in the episode where Zara interviews Michelle, Michelle talks really openly about her experience um, living with a generalized anxiety disorder and how this has shaped her. And she touches on how it's influenced things like her work and her relationships. And one of the things that I found really interesting is that she talks about how the, the contribution that it's had has not always been necessarily negative and how it's contributed to her becoming such a kind of passionate and loving person. Um, And the two girls also published a book this year, which is called The Space Between, um, which is essentially like a collection of essays about life in your 20s. And in one of the essays um, that Michelle wrote, it was titled The Space Between My Personality and My Mental Illness. And as somebody who faces quite similar challenges, she just like absolutely put into words 
exactly the experience I've felt for so long but never really known how to articulate. Um, And if you want an insight into the experience of living with an anxiety disorder, I would definitely recommend checking out that podcast episode. So the thing about anxiety and depression is that they are like quite common and relatively well understood, particularly when you compare it to other mental illnesses like schizophrenia or bipolar, um, which is still quite stigmatized and definitely not as well understood. And to give you a little bit of stats to put this all into perspective, according to Beyond Blue, approximately 3 million Australians are living with depression or anxiety. And we also know that it's like quite common to experience both of them together. Um, So there's an American psychologist called Chad Pernan who states that nearly half of the people who are diagnosed with one of these mental illnesses will be diagnosed with the other. So in some ways they do kind of go hand in hand a bit like that. But despite how kind of like common and well understood it is, I feel like it still goes quite hidden. And the thing that I always say is that because it is a mental illness and it's in your mind, it can still be really difficult to actually express it and to get the support that you need. And so I mean this in the sense that like, okay, if you break your arm, it's very obvious how this injury makes your life more difficult. And people in your environment can very easily identify how they can provide support for you. For example, if they see you struggling to open a door, they can come up and open it for you. And they would never ask you to like carry a heavy box because they know that you won't be able to. But when you like metaphorically experience a break in your mental health, people won't identify this unless you actually go out of your way to tell them and because they don't know they just kind of expect you to function like you normally would and they might give you things to do that you can't mentally handle in the same way that like a person with a broken arm can't carry a heavy box I don't know if I've lost you with that metaphor (laughs) and okay so this might be kind of like an unpopular opinion And please, please feel free to contact me and give me the rebuttal if you disagree. But I feel like we've become kind of very open about depression and anxiety, particularly kind of like online and on social media. And there's kind of like a lot of content and memes coming up out there that make light of it and treat it as relatable. And it's almost like it's becoming kind of like cool or on trend to say that you're depressed or that you're feeling anxious. And I would say that this is pretty much like exclusively an experience of millennials. Like this is a very like young person thing to do. And obviously we know that these mental illnesses are dramatically increasing in numbers, particularly amongst young people. But it it does kind of frustrate me when people make light of the experience or sell it as like relatable content when in reality it's like not a fun or quirky personality trait it can be actually extremely debilitating and when we have self-harm and suicide rates as high as they are I just don't understand how we can kind of find this topic humorous or lighthearted. anyway I digress (laughs) um so there are two quotes that I want to share with you all today that I feel like really hit the nail on the head of what it is like to live with both anxiety and depression at the same time. 
And I got both of these quotes off an article in the Huffington Post, which I will share in a link on my website if you want to read through it for yourself. So the first quote is, I usually don't experience one without the other. One moment I'm facing a cycle of racing urgent thoughts and emotions. And the next I'm facing a vast void of nothingness. My anxious mind tells me that something is wrong with me and that I have to fix myself to save myself. My depressed mind tells me not to bother because nothing matters anyway. It's like there are two parts of me fighting with one another and nobody wins. So this kind of like flows nicely into the second quote that I want to share, which is, at times it feels like no matter what you do, you just can't win. Depression makes it hard to get out of bed some mornings while anxiety keeps you worrying about the ever-growing to-do list piling up around you as you lay in bed. Depression whispers that you are worthless and that nothing really matters. Anxiety screams that you are not keeping up or that something awful is about to happen and that everything, even the smallest of decisions, matter immensely. So the thing is that when you live with anxiety, you have a mind that searches for problems and the worst case scenarios. And then when you add like depression into the mix, your mind convinces yourself that these problems are real and true and just it works to reinforce these negative thought patterns. Um, And this is something that I can definitely attest to in my own life. And I'm just going to give you a couple of examples. So like when I'm at work and one of my managers will say hello to me or start just like casually talking to me, my stomach will completely flip and my brain will be like, OMG, okay, this is it. They are coming over to fire you or they're coming to tell you that you've made a huge mistake at work or that you're terrible at your job. And then the reality is that most of the time they're just coming over to like say hello or like ask me how my weekend was. Or another example, so just getting really personal here today. Um, So I've been with my boyfriend for three years. And even though we're in like a healthy, committed relationship, if I like send him a message on Facebook at, let's say like 5.32 p.m. and he opens it at 5.34 p.m. but doesn't respond to like 5.44 p.m. In that like 10 minute interval between him reading the message and responding to the message, I will literally be able to convince myself that he's going to break up with me. And my brain goes, yep, cool, that's it. Um, You've shown him too much of your crazy and you've scared him off and he's not going to respond to your message because he's decided that he's going to break up with you and he just doesn't know how to tell you. And after like most kind of social occasions that I go to on my way home, I'll mentally relive the whole event and I'll analyze every single thing that I said and did. And I'll convince myself that I was too awkward or too loud or that I said something that I shouldn't have. And then my thought processes will then lead me into thinking like my friends are happier when they're with other people compared to me. Um, Or I'll start telling myself that I'm not actually that interesting to be around. Um, And I'll be like, yeah, they only spent that time with me because they needed to out of obligation. They didn't actually really have a good time or enjoy my company. And it's funny because like rationally, I know that these things are probably not true and that there's nothing happening to make me think that these are true. But 
the anxious part of your brain goes, this is too good and too easy and something happened, has to happen. Like I'm going to lose my job or my boyfriend's thinking about breaking up with me. And then the depression part of your brain goes, well, of course they're true. Of course it's going to happen. Like, what did you think that you could actually have a good job and friends and a relationship? Like what makes you think you actually deserve that? But to come back to like the shameless podcast and like what Michelle says, um, so she mentions in the episode that she experiences this constant fear that she's going to lose the people in her life that she loves. For example, she has a fear that they are suddenly going to die. Um, And because of this, she is extremely loving and she tells everyone in her life how much they mean to her all the time. And this really got me thinking about my own experience and what parts of myself and my actions are, I guess, kind of like, for lack of a better word, positively influenced by my experience of mental illness. Um, And I do ask myself all the time, like, would I have these strong feelings of empathy and my desire to help people if I didn't experience these challenges myself? And one thing about me that almost works in my detriment is that I'm incredibly trusting and forgiving and I can always see the best in people even if they don't necessarily deserve it. Um, And I guess that this kind of like anxiety that I'm going to lose the things that I hold dear in my life really motivate me to work hard and to not take my job for granted or to put effort into my relationships and to be really understanding of other people and their struggles. And I also kind of wonder like would I even care about mental illness and be studying psychology if it wasn't for me having these experiences. And I really do not want to take away from these mental illnesses because, as I said, they can be incredibly debilitating. But I guess to kind of like come full circle, (laughs) I always do wonder like, who would I be without these experiences? And when am I just Lucy and not Lucy who experiences a mental illness? And on that note, I think I might leave it there but thank you so much for listening along to today's episode and I'm impressed that you made it this far (laughs) um so this will be my last episode for 2020 I'm going to give you all a little bit of a break from me and I will be back in the new year I'm working on bringing you guys some kind of more different and exciting content so watch this space and something that I do want to say is that If you have a story, opinion, experience, idea, whatever it may be that you are interested in sharing and kind of platforming and you would be interested in doing a podcast episode with me, please, please, please reach out. I really thoroughly enjoyed speaking to Lena Charles in last week's episode and I'm really trying to work on bringing you more episodes like this one, especially because I believe that diversity in perspective and opinion is so important and I really want Mind Matter to be a platform that represents a lot of diversity in opinions and not just me kind of chewing your ear off every week so but in the meantime please have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's and I will be back in your ears next year.